0: Thank you, Lord, for your presence. Thank you for the assurance of your love. We want to follow you. We want to hear your call. And so draw us deeper into your presence. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Well, it's so good to be here this morning. I'm so thankful to be here. Uh, before I get started here, I need to give this to Martin here. Uh, listen i 'm going to say something nice it 's worth more than twenty pounds, okay uh, <laughs> but i do uh, i 'm so thankful to be here today it 's so good to see you it 's just great to be back here in central hall you 're a wonderful congregation. you know that God has blessed you richly God has is using you here and around the world. Uh, the significance of this church is known around the world. so God bless you and your ministry your vision. I see you're growing, it's so wonderful, and it's great to be here among you today. Today I'm going to share with you something I think is very important about learning to walk with Jesus. I don't know what your image is about walking with Jesus, you know, we have different images. But today I'm going to share with you how important it is and one thing you can do to unlock a key for your life. You ever look for that key? Somewhere you know you can just sort of grab hold of, that could really launch you into a new place? Well today, I'm going to share that key with you. And today, you have a chance to activate that key for your life. You know, there are certain things we look for, ways we can look, walk with God and ways we can grow in the ways of God. And today, I'm going to share with you how to really unpack an important area of your life. Here's what we're going to do today. We're going to begin with a passage we just read. It's significant. And in it, you're going to find the key words Jesus promises for your life. It is awesome. And we're going to break it down for you so you can see it word by word, what it means for your life. Then I'm going to sum it up for you and give you one line I want you to remember. It'll change how you look at your walk with God. It will change how you see things. Then I'm going to show you how it applies in two areas. What Jesus will do as you unlock that key. And then we're going to activate this, this promise over our lives today. We read today in Mark chapter one, the story of Jesus and his call of his disciples. And we see a wonderful promise here that Jesus gives an invitation, a wonderful invitation that all of us have over our lives, an invitation that he gave to his disciples. We saw it in the verses and we look at it in verse 17, it says, come and follow me. I mean, it's an interesting phrase, isn't it? What Jesus says. He calls out with authority and he speaks to fellows who are fishing in the Sea of Galilee. I was at the Sea of Galilee just two weeks ago. And so he calls to those men and he calls them and speaks to them with authority. Come and follow me. You sort of break this phrase down a little bit. We see more what Jesus is saying to them as he met them on that seashore of that day. He's calling them away from how they're living. He's calling them away from... Their own daily activity. And that word to come means to extend toward a goal. Look, today, if you're coming to follow Jesus and to walk with Jesus, God will do something. He will stretch you toward a goal. There's a goal God has in mind. Do you realize that? Right now, over your life, over all the church, in fact, there is a goal that God has in mind. And he wants us to stretch toward that goal. He wants us to live into that goal. Andy Stanley says, look, everyone is, ends up somewhere, but few people end up somewhere on purpose. Instead we sort of get lost, we're sort of going through our life, we have no idea what our life is all about. Many of us as believers, we've come to believe. I remember when I came to believe and accepted Christ many years ago. It was May 10th, 1969. I became a believer in Christ. I remember it well. I'd go into a baseball game. You know what baseball is? American sport. I went to a game. My brother was playing in a game and a pastor met me there and shared the gospel with me. I was a teenager. He told me about Jesus and I came to believe. I heard the call. Come. Follow me. Come out from among the crowd. Come. Believe. Toward a new goal. But as I've understood that commitment now more and more as I've walked with him, I understand how radical it is and what Jesus says is really happening. I think many of us have lost this sense in the church, but I believe in this day and hour, God is reclaiming this message around the world. And as we reclaim the message of the heart of Jesus, we begin to see our lives in a whole new perspective. Maybe you've heard Jesus call you, call you by name. He's called you out at one point where you came to believe. He spoke into your life. You heard the voice. You came to believe in him. But I'm going to tell you, there's more for your life. There's more than just that act of believing in him. Here's what we see here in these words. Mark chapter 1. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news, it says. And then he declares this the time has come the time has come what's that mean the time has come what he's saying is the season has changed for planet earth when he came the season on earth changes his coming marks the dividing point in how God interacts with our lives and with history the time has come that word time is a word that's used for seasons you know it A change of seasons has happened. And with the coming of Jesus, the seasons have changed for planet Earth. When you came to Christ, the season changed for your life. You know what? With certain seasons, we acclimate to it, don't we? I mean, when springtime comes, we we expect warmer weather, some rain. But we expect things to green up. We adjust to that. When summer comes, we expect even warmer weather. We expect that it's going to become even hot on some days, even though I must confess, one of the coldest winters I ever spent with a few days I spent in summer in Stoke on Trent. (laughs) But we expect it to be warm. And in the fall, we expect the leaves to change and things to grow cooler. And when winter comes, we all expect to go to the Caribbean. We have different expectations about what the seasons are like and how we should acclimate to them. And when Jesus called the disciples, he was calling them to dress for a new season. He was calling them to change their lives for a whole new season. And what season was it? He says this. He says, the kingdom of God is near. God's rule, God's kingdom is near. And that idea of God's kingdom being near, if you go back and look at the original language, it means that God's kingdom is now making its influence known. It actually means this. God is now taking charge. That's amazing. God is now taking charge. And when Jesus called his disciples, he was expecting them to to reach for that, that they would reach with all their lives toward God taking charge, that they would come and follow him because they would reach toward the reality that God is now taking charge of their life and the world around them. It's an amazing thing that Jesus calls his disciples into. Their life was now to move in a different direction. I'm not sure I heard that when I came to believe. I I sort of heard it more in a personal way. I I didn't quite see the full impact of it. But now I realize as I look at the scripture more and more what Jesus calls our lives into. He calls us to make that decision to come. Today, maybe that's where you are. You need to come to him. You need to respond to him. Maybe your life's hard. Maybe you don't even don't know him yet. But you need to come to him. Maybe Maybe you do know him. But maybe you've not seen it like this. That now it's time to change. That God is now taking charge. You need to move toward that in your life more. So he takes more charge of your life. There's something amazing about what Jesus says. He does call us to come to him, but it says that he calls us to follow him. And that means it's a, this new spiritual season that we, we start to move with him. He's the one who sets the pace. It's not just simply a decision that I make. I'm now in movement. My life is is fully following what he wants for my life. I want you to hear this today. Jesus didn't simply call you to believe in him. He called us on a journey to walk with him. This is so significant. Some may think that you know, it's just about a matter of just believing and praying a prayer, but that's not where it is. It's like, you well, know, Jesus calls us to be in this place where we journey with him in our lives. We walk with him. If you look at the Gospels, we find this complete... I mean, Throughout the Gospel, we find this message re-emphasized over and over again. In Mark one eighteen, at once they left their nets and they followed him. They were in a movement with him. In Mark one nineteen and 20, he calls the sons of Zebedee, James and John, preparing their nets. And without delay, he called them and they left their father in the boat and they hired... The, with the hired men, and they followed him. It's an important theme. And then in Matthew, Mark chapter 2, he's walking along and he sees Matthew. He sees him and he calls him. and He says, follow me. And Levi got up and he followed him. Jesus doesn't just invite us to believe in him. He invites us on a journey. And Jesus invites us on a journey to walk with him. This is the amazing thing. So what does it look like if I walk with him? What, what happens to me if I learn to really walk every day in my life and I invite him to take charge of my life and my circumstances? Well, it says this. I will give you a life of impact. Mark 117, I will make you. I mean, The, the, new, the new NIV says, I will send you. Sorry to say bad translation. The word send is not even in there. Look at the original Greek, it talks about I will make you, I will fashion something out of your life. If if you follow me, if you come to me, you will actually, it says in the Greek, I will make you become. You will become someone different than you are now. That's a good point. Preach it. God wants us to become different people than we are today. You will become different. I'll do it to you. I'll change your life. I'll transform your life. It's not just. It's not just meeting Jesus that changes us. It's walking the journey with Jesus that transforms us. Think about that. It's true that many miracles happen when we meet him. Many are miraculously delivered and set free just in the initial moment with him. But he invites us on a journey. And the disciples were invited on that journey because as we walk with him, we become become someone different than we are today. And he says, what will happen is you'll become fishers of people. I will give you a life that impacts the lives of others. I think so makes the story so interesting. They wanted their lives to have an impact upon the lives of those around them. They were concerned about them. They, they wanted their lives to have impact, kingdom impact. And when they heard that, they said, I'll, I'll do it. I'll respond to you. I'll listen to you. I'll walk with you. Make my life become a life that has positive impact, kingdom impact upon others. It's a wonderful promise. It's over all of our lives, over every single one of us, what Jesus really has for us. Many of us just don't look at it that way, don't we? We sort of look at believing as sort of a sort of like going down to the train station and you buy a ticket. For the destination. You're going to go somewhere in a country. You're going to go somewhere. So you get to go to the train. And you buy your ticket. But all you do is sit in the station. You know, there are many believers. Who have their ticket. But they never got on the train. Jesus never invited us. Simply buy the ticket. And sit in the station. He invited us to buy the ticket. Get in the train. And go on the journey. Because the journey itself. Will transform your life. Your journey right now. Maybe it's painful. Maybe you're struggling with something. Maybe it's some deep, dark struggle you have in your life. And you wonder. Why is my journey like this? Maybe your family's not well. And you're struggling with all kinds of issues. Like so many are in modern families. Maybe your children aren't living the way you'd like, or maybe your parents aren't living the way you'd like, or maybe people you love and care about are making some really bad decisions and you, your heart's broken over them. Maybe someone, you know, is ill, maybe someone you're struggling with, love, care, care about is is struggling with illness because you care about their lives and you're wondering about the journey. Why am I on this journey? Why? Why? Why me? Why am I going through this? All of us have been through that in our lives. I have. If you believe for a moment, once you become a believer in Christ, your life will be immune from disappointment and pain. You're mistaken. Someone told you the wrong thing. You're on a journey. And the journey is quite frankly this. The same journey that Jesus put his disciples on was this. Why are we on this journey? Because Jesus invites us to invite the kingdom of God into those life situations. God taking charge. Everywhere we go. The area you're struggling with, the area you're dealing with, is saying, God, I want you to take charge here in my life now. So that your journey becomes worship to him. Your family becomes the place where you represent the promise of God for what God can do. You may not see it now. They may be breaking your heart. You may cry yourself to sleep. And you're wondering why. Because the journey, the journey he's invited you on is to be the person that will follow him even into those places to say, God, I believe you can reign here. I shared you last time I was here, our daughter. Had cancer. She was 17. I'll not forget. She graduated high school. And I have a picture of her. She's a beautiful young lady. And as she received her diploma, she, I have her having her diploma, she's smiling. The very next day, she was going into surgery because of cancer. I know what it's like. I know what it's like to spend all night in prayer and cry out to God for a miracle. I know what it's like to be with my wife, Dawn, in the hospital when she's in surgery. Hear my wife cry, sob like I've never heard her ever sob like that in her life. Just wail, cry out to God for our daughter. I know what it's like to be in that place, and many of us do. Why are we there on the journey? You know why? Because we're the ones in that place saying, God, I believe you are taking charge here in this moment. I trust you. I look to you. God is taking charge. And that's the journey. Journey we're all on, right? It's a journey for us. Sometimes those journeys are really high moments. They'll take us into great moments where on the walk with Him we'll experience all kinds of things. One of my favorite in walking with Christ is. These wonderful experiences he gives us, just to be with him, like the disciples in the Mount of Transfiguration. I mean, wasn't it awesome? They had this wonderful, amazing encounter that they, they saw Christ in all of his glory. It was fantastic. You have moments like that. You have moments and spiritual encounters, where you'll say, "I tell you what? I can't get any better than this. I mean, this is so wonderful, it's so glorious. I can't believe it. It's so amazing. And we have these wonderful encounters with God, and as He disciples us and teaches us, as we walk the journey, and in those encounters, He leads us and guides us and speaks to us. This is He led Peter and James and John up to that high mountain where all this glorious stuff took place. But in that wonderful encounter, he was showing them who he was. See, you may be sitting here this morning and saying, I remember a day in my life and I had a glorious encounter with Jesus. I was living in my home in Africa. I was living in here in London. I, I went to this meeting. I went to this time of prayer and I experienced the presence of Christ. But my life right now is so, so un. Connected, disconnected to that wonderful encounter. What, what is my life about? How, how is my journey going like this? How could it unfold like this? I had a wonderful, glorious encounter and now my life is in shambles. It's the journey. So what does God teach us? See, God knew one day you'd have that moment you're going through now. And when you had that glorious encounter with him and that worship in that place, maybe here or some other place in the world where God spoke to your life, he knew there, he could download into your life the truth he wanted you to remember now. And often our lives are just open in certain parts of our life. It's not that our lives are disconnected from the moment we met him or the glorious things he showed us. But that God wants us to remember who he is in our difficult times. And we say, yes, I remember that time on the mountain. But here in this valley of my life. I believe you can take charge because you showed me one day in my life how glorious you were. It's part of the journey. But not just that. Part of the journey will look like this. The journey is one where your faith will be tested. It's just the way it is. Think of the story of Peter. Peter was led by Christ, right? Led to the mountain, the Mount transfiguration. It was high point. And then he comes to this real low point. And Jesus says to him, at one point he says, look, Satan wants to sift you like wheat. He wants to sift you like wheat. The enemy's desire is always to do that to us. He he wants to steal your faith. He wants to steal your joy. He wants to steal God's intention for you. He wants you to give up. He he wants you to throw it all away. He he wants you to not walk in faithfulness. He wants you not to believe. He doesn't want you to give your journey and all your journey stands for to Christ. He wants to stop you from doing that. He doesn't want you to believe that God can reign in your journey. He wants to stop you in your tracks. And Jesus says, Peter, a day is coming when everything is going to break loose against your life. It's all going to break loose upon your life. And you're going to feel like quitting. You're going to feel like giving up. You're going to hate yourself for it. You're going to be so embarrassed by what you've done. So ashamed. So full of guilt. You're going to feel like quitting. But I'm praying for you, Peter. I'm praying that your faith will not fail. And the fact is, right now in heaven, Jesus prays for you that where you are right now in your life, that your faith will not fail. But faith will well up inside your life and you'll claim the journey and say, this whole journey of my life belongs to him. Not simply a prayer in a meeting one day in a church that I prayed, but my whole life belongs to him. My ups, my downs, my ins, my outs, the times when I had abundance, the time I have nothing. It all belongs to him and my prayer that my life will show in everything. Jesus is taking charge. Man. Think about the promise. Think about the promise that Jesus offers our lives. The potential that's there for us. Don't you think it's interesting? Do you remember the earliest name given to Christians? They weren't called Christians. It's found in the book of Acts. They were called people of the way. They were followers. They simply walked it. They simply lived it every day in their everyday walk. So think of our lives. Jesus says, in Mark chapter eight, he called the crowd to him, and his disciples and said, "If anyone would come after me." He must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. What's he saying? We should beat ourselves up. We should live these kind of, you know, lives like hermits. No, no. He's saying you want to make sure you get things out of your way in your life that that keep Christ from reigning in your life. Let's be honest. Let's all be honest, right? Sometimes we can be very disappointed in our lives for what God doesn't do. We think God should do. We're disappointed in ourselves because we feel we failed. Or we feel the moment's too challenging for us. Or we fe- seem to be, be drowning in the, in the sea of our own emotion that we cannot control. We all have things. All of us. Maybe it's our own personal life, right? Or maybe it's our family. Maybe if you're a student here, issues you're going through as a, as a student, maybe it's 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 other issues of your job. Maybe it's other things that you're dealing with in your life. Making life transitions. It's all of our journey. But the question is this. Will we say to Jesus, Jesus, I want you to take charge. I believe that you want to take charge of my life. I believe it's a new season. I believe the season has changed. The winter is over. God is now taking charge. And I want my life to show that. So what do we do? Well, that's what we do? We say, Lord, we need to take charge. We want you to take charge in our lives. And here's what I'm going to ask you to do. See, I think faith has to be activated. Those disciples left their nets, they left their everyday task and they got up and they moved. And they moved towards something. You know, in the Methodist Church, we gather around the table of the Lord. We're people at the table, always there, the word on the table represents the love of Christ, his victory. He always dines with his people to sustain them. How about this morning as we close in our final song? If today we said, yes, Lord, I want to respond to you. I come to you to follow you and I say, In my life, take charge. Maybe it's a health issue in your life. In this health issue in my journey, take charge. Maybe it's a family issue, a family friend. In this issue, take charge. Let's pray together. So Lord, this morning... We thank you for the fact that you call us to yourself. That you want to take charge. And we're so thankful for the new season that we live in. And today in this room, in this historic church, this significant congregation. We declare here in the heart of London that you are taking charge. You're taking charge in our lives. Taking charge. A new season has begun. And we pray, Lord, that over our lives that your season of victory and power and grace would reign in great abundance. And so, Lord, we hear your voice today. We hear your voice. We hear what you say to us. And today we come to say, Lord, it's all yours. We come to say, your kingdom come, your will be done. In other words, Father, take charge. Father, take charge of my life. Father, take charge of my family. Father, take charge of this issue. Father, take charge. I believe for you to take charge of my journey. And we declare that on this day, in this place. In Jesus' name, amen.